Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Oh, I'm so excited to hear from you. It's been way too long. <laughs> really has. It's great to hear your voice. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's how I feel too. Yeah. Well, hello everyone. Um, you are listening to Peace with Peace podcast, and my name is Alexa, and I interview people about their self-love and acceptance journeys. Um, I make sure it's a safe space for them so they feel comfortable sharing it. But if you've been listening to the podcast, you already know this. Um, This series is dedicated to um, National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, but I am turning it into a month. And we're going to be doing the episodes to reflect that all month of March. So, this is the first episode, and I'm here with Sarah. Hey. Hey. Um, so, before we jump into anything else, I want to make sure I do a quick release. Um, Sarah, do you understand that this may travel throughout the world, this recording, and that anything you say or reference or anything else like that, I am the owner of the content? Yes. Sweet. Thank you very much. Now, Sarah, can you please introduce yourself to the people out there listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name's Sarah. I'm just really like a, a daughter, sister, friend, um, child of God, a wife, you know, just 28 years young, I like to say. <laughs> and I'm passionate about um, helping others, math, and other weird things, but um, yoga. And I've also been an avid crocheter for almost a decade, well, probably more than a decade at this point. But um, at this point in my life, I've been in recovery from an eating disorder for most of the last decade. Probably, I'd say it's reached a decade by this month. But um, I believe that like our recovery journeys, you and I, even like Alexa and I, we've been um, we crossed paths at a very early stage for both of us, and that's something I'm so excited for because now it's kind of like not coming full circle, but we're crossing again, and it's I'm just pumped for for doing this with her. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And first of all, um, crocheting so cool. I didn't know you could do that. That's so cool. <laughs> I know it's one of those hidden talents. Yeah. <laughs> and second, um, yeah, because I um, really think recovery changes over time. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm so excited. I get to hear like where you're at now and um, oh, I'm just so excited. So with that being said, let's um, jump into the questions. Um, so what eating disorder did you have? Like, did you get it? Um, like, were you diagnosed? Like, did they diagnose you with a specific eating disorder? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they, if someone did, if like a counselor or a doctor did, what was it? And then um, when did it start? So I was in... I think I was a senior in high school when I was first diagnosed. I, I mean, I went and saw a psychologist for, for a couple of years before then. And I would say that I had already been kind of going through about four years of issues with kind of on and off um, bulimia and even say like anorexia with a sub purge type mm-hmm. too, because I was exercising obscenely. I wasn't eating and there's, I mean, there's a lot of different qualifications for it. And I was, I wasn't truly, um, diagnosed until though I had to, until I went into the hospital um mm-hmm. my senior year and they were like this is this is kind of what you have we're going to go off of this and 
Um, so they diagnosed it with bulimia primarily at that point because it had honestly transitioned fully to it at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and it just, I mean, it, it grew from my senior, from my senior year beyond that. But even before then, I just, I, I would say ninth grade is the start of the behaviors. Um, but as early as say kindergarten is where the thoughts started coming in at. Um, that was a, that's something I've always, it's like an origin story you think of that shouldn't happen in kindergarten, but it does. Cause it's those time periods where you have something happen to you and you think, what was I doing in that moment? Why did I think so negatively about myself? And to think mm-hmm. that a five-year-old can comprehend, I don't like that. It's my fault that people don't like me. Therefore, this translate into, translates into years of constantly thinking that. And mm-hmm. so like, I, it's so hard to pinpoint a, a specific start, but thoughts, definitely kindergarten. Um, behaviors, ninth grade, and then senior year is when I got diagnosed. I love how you just touched on all those things because the average Joe Schmo doesn't understand the different parts of eating disorders. And mm. you talked about behaviors, thoughts, and then you even talked about it's a hospital. Um, one, I don't think the average Joe Schmo knows that eating disorders can put you in the hospital <laughs> unless mm-hmm. it's like s- severe anorexia, like how the movie show. Mm-hmm. Um, and- yeah. I mean, that's really what you run into too, is when mm-hmm. you're in there, most of, I mean, most of the people that I met in there had anorexia. I actually felt isolated mm-hmm. in an eating disorder unit. <laughs> and because wow. I was one of the only ones who had bulimia at the time I was in the, um, I was kind of in the child wing I was 18 at the time, but I was still in high school. So they were treating it kind of as a, a, a transitional period. And even then it was just me. Everyone else was diagnosed with some form of anorexia. So it, it, even, even, even the people that go through this, it's, it's hard to comprehend who gets in there. But I mean, you can get in there for any number of reasons. And Right. And you know what? I, wanna, I wanted to do this before we start talking, but I forgot. So yeah. um, if... You can't tell, listeners, we are going to talk about some deep stuff. So um, if you need to pause this and take a break, that's okay. Um, and Sarah, anytime where you need to take a break, just let me know if you need yeah. to. Um, or, if, yeah, just let me know because it's all about sharing your story. And I want to make sure you get to answer all the questions and um, mm-hmm. say everything you can. So. All right, bounce back um, to where we were. <laughs> um, so did you go into the hospital for the eating disorder or did you go for like something else and that just came up? Like, how did that happen? So in, in my senior year, I went twice. Um, once in, I think it was October. And then it happened again. I'm coming up on my 10 year anniversary for it in about two months. Mm-hmm. It happened in about April. So it, um, it, I went in first after a suicide attempt, actually, and I had, I was, I mean, I was in a really, really dark place, and it was just a whole day of my eyes being shut, almost not being able to move because of how numb I was from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, and so I, I found myself in, in a, um, in a child in unit at that mm-hmm. point because I hadn't turned 18, but that was for depression primarily mm-hmm. because I mean suicide depression they kind of go hand in hand just like eating disorders and depression do mm-hmm. um not for everyone but they can be pretty correlated mm-hmm. but then whenever 
over the you know course of the winter I went straight back to doing what I was doing I only was in there for three to five days <laughs> so mm-hmm. it wasn't something I was committed to I was committed to getting out I'll mm-hmm. say that but then it came right around um April time period I did have another um suicide attempt and it wasn't successful clearly which is great um yeah <laughs> I'm like I'm so thankful yeah. that you know we get past that mm-hmm. but it's it ended up where um I, I, I told a teacher, actually, I said, you know what, I, I did this. And I trusted this teacher, too. And you know what, good thing I did trust him, because he was, I mean, he's the one who told my mom, because mm-hmm. I didn't have enough strength to tell my mom that I mm-hmm. did that. And then my mom and I, me begrudgingly, um, very angry. Yeah, <laughs> we went down to the we went down to the um the hospital. And that was another day of me being blurry, my brain being numb, my body not wanting to do anything, but knowing that I'm probably going to be coming back here. And ended up, they do some blood work and I, they found out my, my potassium level was at, I think 2.3 is the number that rings off my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the unit of measurement is, but it was, it was really low. And they said, you're really close to having issues with your heart. <laughs> and it, not just it, really close, you're almost just on a stepping stone where this could have caused something um, fatal or could have been a lot more, um, more injury inducing. Mm-hmm. So that's whenever I went in there and that's, and they did a whole evaluation before, like I did a whole test work. They ran things. They um, they tested not just um, blood work and physical portions of it. They tested mental portions and even emotional signs mm-hmm. of things to see. And collectively, that's how it came into finally being diagnosed with bi- bulimia at that point. Um, you're saying all these things and writing down all these notes because you're touching on so many <laughs> things. I think it's so important. <laughs> Um, first of all, I am also so thankful that none of those attempts worked because I am so happy that you're here. Um, I'm so happy that I met you when I did. Um, I'm so happy that we're talking today. I'm just so happy. Um, and I'm glad mm-hmm. you're happy too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Honest to goodness. <laughs> yeah. And um, I also don't think the average Joe Schmo, I think I'm going to say that a lot this episode, the average Joe Schmo. <laughs> doesn't understand there's a difference between behaviors and thoughts of eating disorders mm-hmm. that um disordered thinking the way you like these thoughts creep in very early um and that just speaks to how difficult um changing these thoughts are and how difficult breaking these behaviors are because you are thinking these thoughts pretty early in your life and mm-hmm. then by the time the behaviors start you're pretty grounded and you believe those thoughts. So, mm-hmm. um, so hard recovery, so hard to change that. Um, yeah. I also don't think the average Joe Schmo knows that, um, depression, anxiety, all these things coincide with eating disorders. So what coincide means, because it's kind of like a fancy word. I don't know. I don't expect other people to know what that is either. Um, not insulting anyone's intelligence, but it took me a while to understand what that word was. So I'm going to say it. It's like it goes along with. So depression, anxiety, um, eating disorders, they go along with it. We hear a lot of talk about depression lately. I don't know if you've had that experience, Sarah, but I feel like depression is like almost like a hot topic. Um, mm. And it's almost like yeah. heartbreaking that eating disorders are still being pushed under the rug. I don't ever hear anything about eating disorders and even when it's national eating disorder awareness week like it is right now like when we're recording um i've seen maybe like two or three people post 
Mm-hmm. But there's constant chains on Facebook about depression, which it deserves yeah. it. Not knocking it. It deserves all the attention. But I just wish yeah. eating disorders would get half of that attention. What difference mm-hmm. it would make. Yeah, and it, what it would do, not just for creating a conversation and awareness, it would also allow for true studies to be done and development that could help people because I was actually just talking to my husband about this this week is that we um we as a society don't talk about it and how and it, it, that means that we're not just talking about it ourselves mm-hmm. even if we're going even if we're not going through it we as a society aren't talking about it even if we are going through it because we're not openly saying things mm-hmm. um it's very quiet it's something that is personal that person which is I mean it's respectable mm-hmm. our, our our issues are our issues and it is up to us to do with them as we please and as we need to do but sometimes when it when we don't talk about things we also don't open the gateway in the safety spaces for us to actually create um, valuable growth and development in those areas we've I mean leaps and bounds compared to say back when um say Karen Carpenter mm-hmm. um, was going through all that stuff and kind of broke through the glass in the 80s um with the eating disorder world mm-hmm. I mean we've come we've come so far what we're I mean what what a lot of the organizations are doing nowadays are it's phenomenal mm-hmm. something that we we, ha- we wouldn't have been able to imagine back at that time but at this point we can go so much more Depression is one thing, anxiety is another part, and that's such a, those are so common, just like eating disorders are, mm-hmm. but the stigma for all three of them, actually, not just all three of them, for all mental illnesses, it's still debilitating to where mm-hmm. we don't, we're not, we're not getting anywhere um, fast, and that's, <laughs> that's going to be harmful right. for years to come. And, like, I, um, I don't know statistics off the top of my head for anxiety and depression, but for eating mm-hmm. disorders, 30 million people in the United States will have an eating disorder at some point in their lifetime. That mm-hmm. number only represents the people who have disclosed that information. And like you mm-hmm. just said, there's so much shame. There's so much stigma. There's so many, like, we don't want to talk about it. I can't imagine how high that number actually is because mm-hmm. that number is probably, not probably, that number is so much larger, but we'll never know because we're not talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, but like in the same hand, like when you were telling your story and like how you were like mad at your mom for like making, <laughs> like taking you to the hospital. <laughs> um, it's also like for me, and you could probably attest to this. I didn't want, like I got, I entered recovery when I wanted to, like mm-hmm. I didn't, get serious and didn't reach out for help until I was realizing this is an issue and I can't stop this myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like hard um, because you also like people aren't going to disclose until they're ready. But then like you said, that that's making us not talk about it. So it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah. And there are spaces where people should feel comfortable doing that, but the space is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, one person could thrive in group therapy. One person could thrive talking to a therapist and one person may need to talk to a close friend or even a stranger right. that they're never going to see again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that's, that's hard to recognize because even just talking about it to yourself mm-hmm. is also a huge deal. That's kind of one of the first steps is 
is is even admitting it to yourself that this it, this is actually an issue. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I totally agree because sometimes we can't even. It takes us a while to realize that. Mm-hmm. It seems normal because one, I mean, how many and especially say high school, how many of our friends are doing sports? How many of our friends are going through body issues? Because we're all in that awkward teenage phase. Mm-hmm. Um, pimples galore, hair, figuring out what we're going to do with hairspray, makeup if we want to. I mean, even clothing. I, I mean, like what, how we're figuring all this out at the time to figure out who we are and our style. Mm-hmm. And we're watching all of our friends, you know, exercise or watching them do, I mean, get active and make decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change as we get older either, but. It, it just, we're, we are perpetuating a society that welcomes eating disorders and makes it look like it's a normal part of life. So therefore there's no actual problem. It's just something that everyone's doing at that time because we're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And so, for some people, we're not just figuring it out. That's, we are causing actual harm to our bodies. We are pushing ourselves to a point where we might not come back from that because mentally we scar ourselves or even emotionally we we damage any form of communication mm-hmm. that we can express. And then physically, some people really damn like, I mean, I, I had, um, with my heart being so weak at that time, that could have really, I mean, if I had let it go so much longer and not start limiting myself, I could have really had issues for the rest of my life on that. Um, and that, and even I have, I know I had um, one, one mom who she was so profound in my life at that time. She, had bulimia so I mean I met I finally met someone who had bulimia she's bulimia she was my first person mm-hmm. and she at this I mean she's had polyps in her stomach mm-hmm. due to yeah issues with bulimia for so long she has had issues with depressions for a long time and there, there's a long-term effect to each of these that we can't forget whenever we're focusing on such a short-term um, solution right and that is something I don't think the regular Joe Schmo knows that um, there are serious consequences. You are really hurting yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we live in a society that like portrays being thin and doing things to be thin, no matter what it takes, it's Mm -hmm. dangerous because it's not telling you the bad things that can happen they're just one way message of shoving their beauty standards on you right mm-hmm. and it's not telling you these horrible things that could happen to your health and um those things I don't think I don't think I've ever heard anyone besides people who are open about their eating disorder talk about that part like I when I hear mm-hmm. people talk I know like dieting and eating disorders are different there's a, a d- difference but dieting can be part of eating disorders and correct me if you feel different but I, I'm trying to word that like it's it's kind of linked mm-hmm. yeah. um, but just because you diet doesn't mean you have an eating disorder correct yeah um, there's a fine line yeah there is a fine mm-hmm. line I don't want to like say that um but I've never heard someone acknowledge like the harmful parts of that, except people who have eating disorders, which I I don't know. I don't know why that is. Mm. I'm gonna have to like do some soul searching on that. But yeah, what? Um, <laughs> well, that um that part. I mean, we see. Say with. I mean, our diet mm-hmm. is what we eat. 
And when we have diet culture, that separates into another section too, because that's like all those, those types of things where, oh, eat, you know, eat gluten free diets or um, there's so many different ones. Oh, that yeah. I could name some. Right. <laughs> um, but you do a certain diet that eliminates something or you do a certain diet that focuses solely on um, making sure maybe lean muscles happen so you can get to a certain portion. Or you even do a diet that promotes um, just focusing on carbs so you can bulk up. There it's, it, I mean, any diet is a fad, but even even any diet that's within that diet culture is a fad mm-hmm. but dieting and and being self-conscious about your dieting and how you're portraying what you eat to your body and how you're associating your mental thoughts to it that um that's where that fine line is because if you're negatively saying that I'm doing this so I can lose a ton of weight so that way I can be a certain way so that I'm going to feel good about myself mm-hmm that there's some kind of yellow flags that get thrown out there. Mm. And also even I'm eating this because I love to do it or I want to eat it because I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Like those are, those are huge mindsets that, that people I think don't realize are causing them to stumble. Yeah. And then, then on the other side of it, we're not talking about, well, I've been focusing on this diet. Then I went on to this diet. Then I went on to this diet. We're not focusing on the amount of harms mm-hmm. of what that could do. And that's, and that and that's something scary too because it's it's so common, mm-hmm. and they, they I mean it's creating it's creating disordered mindsets, but also uh, it's it's, a, it's attaching itself to all sorts of um, behaviors that can transition one day into being something that is actually medically diagnosable mm-hmm. and detrimental. And I am so happy whenever like yellow flags because as you said those two, I thought of another one: guilt guilt and shame oh yeah feel mm-hmm. those are like the ones you mentioned and that one I feel like are the biggest yeah. yellow flags for mm-hmm. um you might have a problem like this this yeah. is problematic what mm-hmm. do you think if you could pick one what is the hardest part about the eating disorder you know I, I I've been thinking a long long and hard about this <laughs> Because it's the eating disorder itself. I mean, it's hard. It's difficult. Just being someone who has to deal with that. It's not. It's not a joy ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't wake up every single day being thankful for the fact that I have to um, actively participate in my own recovery from this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I'm <laughs> super glad about, but it's something I can't be thankful for. Just because like I've grown so much. But I think the part that was the hardest and has been the hardest still to this day is um, is accepting how others treat it, treat the eating disorder, mm-hmm. and how others don't understand, no matter how hard you try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you have, and then well, me having to accept that while also accepting how much I understand and need to grow from because I'm still I'm always we're always going to be at a point where developing ourselves is important mm-hmm. and, no, and no matter what stage of recovery we're at it is still it's still valuable mm-hmm. to not think you're perfect right <laughs> it's still hugely important but I always I think that the whenever I get so overwhelmed and whenever I have such str- such struggles is whenever I'm thinking about what other people have are, are thinking about it 
not about who, not about thinking about me mm-hmm. and who I am, but thinking about what my eating disorder is and how it's, it's kind of like child's play. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, I just need to eat. I just need to not go into the bathroom after I'm done eating, mm-hmm. or I just need to tell myself good things. Right. <laughs> it's, it was, it's been a lot more than just that. I've had a lot of mental and emotional growth that took, that has been taking years to finally unravel certain things that I had been dwelling on. I mean, since kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, so like since kindergarten, you've been thinking these thoughts and how you said you have to actively participate in this. It's like a job. So mm-hmm. it's like, you don't get no, paid. You don't get paid. In money. <laughs> no. And you have to take this job seriously or you can't take any other mm-hmm. job or role. So you can't function at your job if you don't take the recovery job seriously or um, you're, mm-hmm. you, you can't function. I, I don't – it disrupts your life. So like you said, I have mm-hmm. to actively participate because if you decide to not actively participate in it, that – that can really do damage like right so that would mm-hmm. could really set you back um yeah I I remember in college I had um my first I had I went to a different school before I went to um to our mm-hmm. school and it was I only went for I think it was a month and a half and I couldn't I remember the conversation with my mom so clearly I was nervous I was I felt so guilty I felt shameful I had just gone through all that stuff with the hospital I'd graduated I graduated high school I had a great summer I actually started dating my boyfriend my first boyfriend ever at that time um (laughs) and like it was going so well and then I get to October a month and a half into my first semester of college you know the place that everyone thought I needed to go because that's, that's what I was, I was smart, intelligent, academically great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could do things. And I, I had to tell my mom, mom, I can't do this anymore mm-hmm. because I, I, I had to go up. Um, it, it was in, it was actually in Pittsburgh, but it was, I had to go up a hill and they, that they call cardiac hill mm-hmm. in order to get to um, my classes. And I, for, because of how poorly I was still treating myself, because just because I went to a hospital multiple times does not mean that I was cured from having issues with my eating disorder. I wasn't physically able to mm-hmm. do it. I was still hurting. And that stopped me from being able to go to classes. I tried my best to getting on. I wasn't concentrating. I and I wasn't taking recovery seriously. And so that I had to finally just buckle down and say, Mom, I, I can't do this anymore. I have to withdraw from the semester. Mm-hmm. And I took a whole year off. I didn't go to school for the first time in my life. I didn't go to school. <laughs> right. And, and I had to take, and even then I didn't take it fully seriously, but I, I tried better than what I was doing before. I admire that you evaluated that and said, yeah, I need to take a break. Yeah. I need a break. And because that's hard to be real with yourself like that. I admire mm-hmm. your dedication and growth and how um, you I remember you were the first person that said, be gentle with yourself to me. Like I never heard that phrase Mm. before. And like, as Mm. you're telling your story, I could hear that theme. Like be gentle with yourself, like to grow. Like I'm hearing those come up. So I just wanted to make sure I told Mm. you that. Um, And I wanted the people to know that too, (laughs) that I admire her, I admire her for that. Um, 
I always I laugh at that because I always think of you because I whenever we were back in listening to each other's stories at that time period and for whatever reason how we met it was it's just it's um it's just it's beautiful because we met in the depths of an eating disorder both of us at different points um and I I just I I it's so ironic that I, you find me for the gentleness I find you for the boldness <laughs> <laughs> it's a good yeah, match right it's so funny I love it I love that I love it oh I love it so much oh my goodness and you know what think about like talking about bold and um this is going to be like a negative connotation of bold and I'm sure you don't mean that when you talk about me but I'm gonna about yeah. I'm about to add mm-hmm. other people so the hardest part <laughs> about your recovery with other people's reactions to it like yeah. that's like um I heard you say that like other people I might have like reworded it incorrectly mm-hmm. but like other people understanding what the heck how bold are you yeah. to do that like this like mm-hmm. I like I don't think people understand like you're dealing with so much when you're sick I always say I was sick I, I was sick that's when I was sick you're dealing so much when you were yeah. when you were sick and now I have to explain it to you in a way that you're going to understand. Or now I now mm-hmm. I have to deal with your criticism. You're like telling me, oh, I should just eat. Oh, didn't you think I thought of that? Didn't, if it was that easy, don't you think I would just do it? Oh, that just made yeah. me mad for a mm-hmm. second. Yeah, well, I, even on the other side of it, the pe- like, I mean, say when people say nice things, they're so well-intended. Um, they want to just They want to just do that for you because they do genuinely care. Um, and they want to be a part of something that helped you, but they don't realize that when they're saying things like, oh, you look so good. Are you, I mean, you're doing so well, you've come so far. Sometimes affirmations like that, you, I mean, it's not necessary to hold them on for that person that, I mean, we have to internalize it, of course, that we, we can improve and we can be better. And that in that moment, we are better for mm-hmm. a moment, but sometimes it's okay to just acknowledge the fact that you're per- that the person in front of you is doing better and to not say it. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to comment on everything that you do, even if it's positive or negative. Sometimes some words can be, if we're not in the right headspace or we're not healthy enough and we don't know the person as well, mm-hmm. um, we may take it the wrong way. The best intentions or even the worst intentions can sometimes contribute to the worst possible outcome. And they can contribute to the best possible outcome, but that's where open conversations are very healthy. Yes. So that way you can know the person, get to know them, and not just assume that what your your method of um, fixing things is the right one. You don't want to assume that. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that because that brought me back down for a second because I was mad for a second. Um, <laughs> even when people gave you compliments about it, it still could hurt your feelings. Or, um, mm-hmm. like, it, it's crazy. Just, just the, how, it, I feel like we don't give enough value for just being there. Like, that. Mm-hmm. that's great, I think. And just listening. Because we can't always say something that's going to save someone, right? Like, yeah. Um, what has your eating disorder taught you or did it teach you anything? Oh, the journey with eating disorder, so many lessons. (laughs) 
it is so hard to pinpoint just um, one portion mm-hmm. of it because it is it, it, I mean it's been what a 14 year journey for mm-hmm. me as far as um, behavior started and I mean I've learned a ton since mm-hmm. then what little um little ninth grade me compared to 14 years later <laughs> and um and who I am now it's it's so vastly different I thought I I thought I was on top of the world figuring things out at that time period and you know what I am not <laughs> never was <laughs> never going to be um I'm just I, I'm just grateful for the fact that it 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 dropped me down a peg mm-hmm. <laughs> and humbled me I, I like humility is one of the biggest things in my life that I try to think about um because you can always be put in your place and no matter what it is, it's going to, it's going to like knock at you a little bit. It's going to tumble at you and you're going to crumble sometimes from it. But the eating disorder itself was one of the best things that has taught me forgiveness, mercy. Um, I mean, God's grace is, is huge. I mean, that's just, that's something I learned first and foremost. I mean, the past year alone, I have, I have just been, I've just been in awe of what he has Mm -hmm. done, but it's, I wouldn't say the eating disorder was the best thing in my life. I just think that it's one of the most, um, it, it has been, it's not, I don't want to talk about it like it's an age old friend, but it kind of yeah. is. <laughs> it's been one that I, I've grown. I've separated myself from more and more each day. And sometimes those are the best friends that help you. Yeah. So. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, your eating disorder is with you. I mean, it's a part of you. Right, like at one point, Mm -hmm. it's almost your identity. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You learn so much from it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it makes so much sense. Well, and you know what? And maybe it's not the eating disorder that is the part that I mean, like it's like it's of course a part of our lives. Maybe it's not the eating disorder that teaches us the lesson. Maybe it is recovery. Oh, I like that. that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, oh, I'm going to clap for that. That's it. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Because, I mean, yeah, because, like, what about, at what point do we say that, like, yeah, we have an eating disorder. The eating disorder, if we look at all the diagnostics and see what people say it is medically, how we feel and how we identify it. But what are the parts where we can identify recovery as? And, you know, I think that's really what I've learned is I've learned that um, recovery is what's taught me so much in, in engaging with not just an enemy, but someone, but something that has, um, that has hurt, not just me, but my mm-hmm. family, my friends. I mean, it's like, it, there are some relationships I can't ever go back mm-hmm. to because of how my eating disorder affected my way of being. Mm-hmm. But then there are also relationships that's recovery has completely morphed into the most beautiful friendship I've ever had. Yes. Oh, I love it. It's as you're like talking about it for a second, I almost saw like eating disorder is the darkness and then recovery is like the light, like you're, um, mm-hmm. like you're just stepping into health and lessons and breakthroughs and the mm-hmm. eating disorder is just like shame and secrecy and pain, but, it's like sometimes hard to tell the difference. I mean, mm-hmm. I, what, yeah. when mm-hmm. we talk about it, we could, we can clearly define recovery and eating disorders. When you're telling your story, it is, it, I don't, yeah, it's just, I'm so happy you brought recovery up 
as being a place where you learn lessons because that just took my breath away. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm I, I've it took me a long time to figure out what recovery mm-hmm. meant to me. And recovery, I, I always think of it as the first time I went into the hospital, specifically for an eating disorder, is whenever my first step of recovery mm-hmm. happened. Um, but after that, my second step probably was not going to call. I mean, leaving uh-huh. college, and then third step was um, probably realizing that um, it wasn't that I had. I have slips. There are relapses, mm-hmm. and not all of it has to mean that I'm failing. That was probably my third step. And then from there, they just kept rolling down all the steps that I've taken. I don't even know how many steps I'm at. I'm hoping I'm at like a mile by this point. <laughs> but <laughs> I still got a long marathon to walk you. <laughs> um, and honestly, like how you said you left college, like that is a huge self-care moment. Um. Mm-hmm. So do you practice self-care and like, how does that help you um, with recovery? Like, do you see that it's related or no? Oh, it absolutely is. I think, I mean, self-care and living, I think lie hand Mm -hmm. in hand. Um, And in that same, in that same light, an eating disorder isn't necessarily the meaning of life. It also isn't going to lead you to a long and prosperous life because one it, it's going to probably shorten things and it can also cause you to not feel like you're living or even it would literally be not living. So whenever you do recover, whenever I'm in recovery, I like to think of all the things that I do that whether I enjoy it or I use as a calming mm-hmm. mechanism. I, I mean, that's what I think of self-care. I think my, when I was in high school um, and I started seeing the psychologist, he, he started giving me all this stuff that I could do. <laughs> to help myself and to really feel like the self-love that one needs to recover in and that he would give me he would give me all these good things and sometimes I even find myself doing them to this day but at a time I just thought no I'm not doing <laughs> these <laughs> I, I don't have time for this I don't want to do that I am an academic I study all the time <laughs> I I want to live I want to go out I don't have I don't want to have spent any time thinking about how I'm going to get better through this even though every week I was going to see a psychologist isn't that one step that's going to help me get better (laughs) um (laughs) even if I didn't like it it was still happening but nowadays I I know how wrong I was but I also appreciate how that mistake of um misunderstanding what he meant by self-care and self-love as now it's a not just a mistake it's the best decision of my life I every single day <laughs> like when I'm it, I mean I go we'll, we'll go um we'll go to Ikea and we won't buy anything we just actually walk my husband will just walk around the store and I, I love my Ikea oh, time because <laughs> it's just fun you get to you dream you look at things and sometimes you just need to walk especially like right now during the pandemic, sometimes you just need to get out. So we pick like the really quiet days um, whenever there's not as many people there. And we just, we just go and we imagine what it could be like, Oh, what about this room? Oh, this doesn't match with us. And that's, I mean, engaging with him is Mm -hmm. one way too. I I mean, I'm a big supporter of crying also being a self care Mm -hmm. moment. 
don't be afraid to cry. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to let it out, because that's an, that's a, that's an emotion that you're carrying that you can't just um, let go. And, and on the other side, talking about things healthily, mm-hmm. I mean, that's in finding something that you can really relate to, to talk to, or just something that you trust. That's a good thing. Um, I, I love to dance oh, randomly. I, I know you're, I mean, you're a phenomenal oh, dancer. You, <laughs> <laughs> but this is me and all of my terrible <laughs> movements, but I love it. <laughs> I just dance in the store, you know, what was it? I was in, um, I was at Lowe's getting some stuff so we can repair something. And, and I think it was the, I'm um, the time of your life song from dirty dancing. Oh. <laughs> comes on and you know what Patrick Swayze you watch him in that movie mm-hmm. you know he does the yeah. side leg moves you gotta shuffle it. with it you, you got to uh, <laughs> that's it. but that's that's like yes. self-care moments of you're doing something that you enjoy that yes. frees you and expresses yourself mm-hmm. and that I mean it right. can be anything, it can be anything. you're mm-hmm. never too yep you have all the time to do anything you enjoy mm-hmm. <laughs> in the midst of even things you don't want to right. do. Right. You have to make time for you. And like you said, it could be as simple as like having a good cry or driving to Ikea or sometimes mm-hmm. self-care is hard and like taking like, some time off school. I mean, it, it, it can really self-care, mm-hmm. like you define it, the person defines it. And I love that you gave so many examples. Yeah. It's so true. Um, you mentioned your husband. Has he helped you mm-hmm. apart? Like if, so you've been a part of your self-love journey or your recovery journey. Um, and has anyone else played a role in that? Oh yeah, absolutely. He has. And there's been a ton of other people. I mean, there's a long list of people that I can say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Cause without them, I really mm-hmm. couldn't be here at this point there. I mean, they saved me. They saved me from positions that are, <laughs> that are just so I, I think about, Mm -hmm. wow grace (laughs) um I I mean my husband specifically like we he I mean he was never really introduced to eating disorders Mm -hmm. until me I was a nice um bold shining light of eating disorder Mm -hmm. information (laughs) and all the experience he had to go through and learn from that so that was a trial and error um with us but not many people that you run into know what to do when someone else is struggling with mm-hmm. a disorder. I'm not even the best person at handling it with some other people. I can do my best to encourage, but even I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ideal. Right. For everyone, everyone but, even yeah. though every, okay, how can I say this? Just because like we, we both struggle with bulimia. Our journeys are different. Mm-hmm. Our triggers are different. Our recovery is different. So we would need different things. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because that, that needed to be said so thank you for saying that yeah and I mean if I have to like I have to I have to really thank my mom I know I mentioned her about earlier (laughs) with her begrudgingly taking me to the yeah (laughs) I was so mad at her that day I I know my face I have one friend who um from the unit actually that she she'll tell me um that was the day I learned not to mess with Sarah (laughs) And you know what? Anger is something I I hate about myself. I I've learned to come to terms with it, but I'm like I, I when that day happened, I was so angry. Mm-hmm. And she she makes me laugh about it. My one friend, she just makes me cry laughing about it. Um, because now now mm-hmm. we're really good friends to this day. But it's <laughs> but we um but my mom was I mean she's just been phenomenal 
since since I mean day one at this point. You right? know, mom. <laughs> she yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and she I mean she's my confidant. She's I mean she's my best friend, but she's also she's my sister in Christ. She is like we we are both so good at, at contacting each other and um and just just trying to encourage one another but also to kind of you know slap the wrist a little bit and say hey (laughs) but she's done that for me and I mean my whole family my sisters my dad uh, my cousins and I mean I mean at this point yeah my husband has been one of the best things I never even thought I'd get to that point (laughs) I never thought I was literally at whenever before the month before we met I said I'm not I'm I'm done I'm not dating anyone I'm not over this I don't want to do it I'm I'm giving up (laughs) and then I meet him and I'm like I'm head over heels now. Apparently, this is this like, is the never man. Mind. I lied. I'm not giving up. <laughs> yeah, yep. Like I, I, I kind of like this. And you know what? We shouldn't have met each other. Honestly, we had one connection from that that was barely like, that. We both kind of didn't have too much mm-hmm. that we saw each other through, and we by chance saw each other one night to play games, and it, it was just. I mean, and then and then it just turned into something where we we both support each other and need that because you can't. You can't be supported without supporting the other person mm-hmm. too, because it's a mutual respect for yeah. one another. Even if your support in return is just thank you, and I'm grateful for you, and that, yes. that goes a long way. It was meant to be. You were, you two were meant to be. Yeah. Because how does paths <laughs> cross like that? It, well, it definitely wasn't by accident. Now it'll be you two. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, so we talked a lot about your eating disorder um what if your eating disorder was in front of you whatever that would look like I don't know but um what would you say to it um yeah I'm not I'm not sure what I would say to it I spent a long time yelling at it Mm -hmm. for a while and and now I just don't think it's worth me um yelling at yeah <laughs> I, I mean I'd be like okay, you're you're over here you are with me I acknowledge you because I don't want to ever get back to being your best friend mm-hmm. um <laughs> I mean I want to I want to keep going forward but I, and I think if if I were to see it now and really talk to it if it was a, as if it was as a, a being mm-hmm. in front of me I have such a hard time being mean to anyone because I don't want Mm -hmm. to be mean. And I think my response to it would be something that was, I, I see you. I can't be with you. I don't want to be with you, but I understand that, that we're now attached and we kind of have to keep going, but I I won't let you conquer me. I'm going to get the upper hand this time. every day I love your response um and I think it really is going to speak to a lot of people who struggled with this because I know I can relate how you said anger I spent so much time yelling at it oh I was so angry at birth. Mm-hmm. oh my gosh I was so angry and now like as I'm as you're talking about like I would acknowledge it like I'm imagining like a head nod like you know how you see someone and you just like nod your head that's what I'm picturing, mm-hmm. like, the interaction yeah. would be between you yeah. and it now. Like, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, yep, you're but, there. But, like, mm-hmm. you want to be nice still, so you'd, like, smile maybe with it. But, like, smile yeah. head nod. Yeah, that awkward, yeah. um, hi, but yeah, not like, really. So. <laughs> I'm going to keep going this way. 
that's what I like pictured when you were um, describing that. Um, so we talked a lot about a lot of different things. What is something you would want the peeps to remember about today? Um, yeah, eating disorders don't have to negatively run your world. Um, recovery is one possible as much as I never believed it it is possible now that I've gotten to a point where it it actually feels real um but also when I say like when I talk about recovery and when I think when a lot of people talk about recovery we always talk about how we never I mean I don't see I don't see a lot of people saying I'm recovered Mm -hmm. from any new disorder um it is continual and in recovery does not mean abstinence you are not going to be away from the eating disorder. You will have it, um, do the head nod, mm-hmm. acknowledge it. <laughs> um, but it, it, it does not mean that while you are in recovery, while you are going towards the goal of hopefully one day feeling like you are, you are ready and you, are, you can say, I am recovered, if, if, that's, if that suits anyone. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to say that, but I'm also only 10 years into it. So I got a long way to go. But it, even if you are falling, if you are slipping, if you are relapsing, recovery is not over in that moment. It just means it took a different path at that time period. And you can work your way back to the line you were at or you create a new one. Yeah. So that way your path that you're going forward and your journey going forward with, with an eating disorder um, it's, it's not one that is one dimensional. It's not one that's going to be st- that you're stuck in your ways. You can actually move past those, those, um, those mm-hmm. mistakes or those mishaps and still keep going towards the goal that you want. It, it's like failing on a math test. You still can get, you know, C's yeah. with degrees, that idea. You can still get a yeah. C in your recovery <laughs> and still get there. We don't have to have the A's all the time. Don't have to be perfectionist in it. We can actually have a, a meaningful relationship that's deeper and not black and white. And you know what, perfectionist, you said that and a light bulb went off in my head. Um, that is something <laughs> that correlates with eating disorders too. The perfectionist mindset, yeah. the perfectionist mm-hmm. um like you want to be perfect, that type of thinking also coincides, or word of the day, coincides with um, eating yep. disorders. <laughs> so um, that, you saying that the mistakes are going to happen, um, like C's get degrees, that just shows me how strong you are in your recovery because you're able to allow yourself to make mistakes, you're allowed to talk about it, and you're saying you don't have to be perfect and that's beautiful I think that whole just answer that you had just really spoke to how beautiful recovery is and um how freeing mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. yeah because I mean you can't have a painting and look at it and think okay it's just one color and if it's one color there's still more into it there's more depth to it there's the lines of the canvas mm-hmm. that you're looking at that can create shadows um there's how it how light affects it and just the same with recovery is that it's not it's not gonna be something you look at and see as a perfect um replica mm-hmm. of a picasso painting 
it's gonna I mean it could be a Picasso painting it you know like yeah. his ears cut off and stuff right after the it's, eating disorder like you're I mean you feel like all your limbs have been cut right. off with an eating it's, disorder but mm-hmm. um it's, it's not gonna be the flowers mm-hmm. the yeah days, you, you, know? you do feel a little bit like kicked up like beat up a little bit mm-hmm. yeah um yeah this is our last question um I try to ask everyone this um in every interview so um what is your definition of beauty and has your eating disorder affected this definition so i've the word beauty makes me cringe <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know whether it's high school me who whenever i first started developing an eating disorder i was just when i heard the word i i just didn't know how to take it and at this day i might not i still have, i might have some unresolved <laughs> feelings towards it but I, I think it all comes down to beauty to me at the time when I started was something mm-hmm. very physical. And and it wasn't just body physical. It could have been, say, looking at a sunset <laughs> and enjoying it. Because, I mean, the colors of oranges, yellows, blues, oh, my goodness. It, it's just stunning. And, I mean, it, it's beautiful, to say the least. But at, from at that point, it all felt physical. And then still to this day, I have... The no- there's a notion in me that's pretty linked to it being physical too but I've also expanded it after an eating disorder I, I, I've learned not just after during the eating disorder I've learned that um, beauty is it's an expression that is pure and raw it can mm-hmm. be an emotion it can be um, self-care it can be self-love it can also be say like whenever you're forgiving someone that it that because that that puts you in a humble position that you don't realize how beautiful the pressure of forgiveness after something that was so hard that you never thought you'd be able to forgive for that moment of when you're able to do it it's so freeing and that that's that's a that's a gorgeous thing to think about but also um even helping a friend um one of the oh, one of the things that I find the most beautiful in the entire world is actually my husband's mm-hmm. kindness and gentleness. It, it's the sweetness of it all. He, I mean, he's so, it, t- I mean, it's, it's how he responds to things. Like if I'm woken up in the middle of the night, I am not <laughs> the most pleasant person. <laughs> I'm so grouchy. <laughs> I, like right. I, I need my beauty. Sleep is important. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And not, it doesn't just um, help me wake up in the morning without bags in my eyes. It helps me wake up in the morning with a good attitude. <laughs> um, but say like for right now, I've been waking him up a lot lately in the middle of the night. And, he, and his his voice, it's 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 soft. It's it's gentle. And he meets me like, oh, hi. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this? <laughs> who does that? It's like, <laughs> he just oh woke my up. God. Like, what? <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> Like that could be, I've always thought that was beautiful too. It's like, I mean, it could be, it could be really anything that expresses your true self. That's so innocent. Um, or even just the sun saying, hi, I'm here today. I'm going to shine on yeah, you. Yeah, And you know what? I never <laughs> thought about feelings being beautiful. And you're saying that and I'm like, that mm-hmm. might've been the most beautiful thing I've heard all, all week. Well, I guess it's Monday. We're recording on a Monday for the last two weeks. There we go. Happy Monday. <laughs> the last two weeks. The most beautiful thing I've heard in the last two weeks. Um, I love that. You're, I love that, the feelings. I'm, I'm going to start thinking about that because I want to start making that a part of my definition too. Um, 
Well, that is going to be the end of our interview. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with the peeps out there, Sarah. Um, thanks for sharing your story. And um, I appreciate you so very much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And uh, I, it was so good to, I mean, again, to hear you, but also to to do this with you again, because we go oh, back yeah. so much with this. <laughs> I, I love oh, it. Gosh, I love it. More often. <laughs> Yeah, All right, peace, peace, peeps. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Um, again, follow um, on Facebook. And if you want to share your story, please reach out. Your story is so important. Um, people will be inspired. You will feel amazing, I'm sure, after sharing it. Um, if you want to reach out, it's peace as in a slice with peace as in peace, love, and happiness. So peace with peace. And um, tune into the next episode. All right.